Welcome to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. This is the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. Week by week, we have a different guest, and we have a conversation about what they're doing to help spread the faith, why they love the Catholic faith, and some of the problems and some of the solutions of those problems in our Catholic faith today. Today, I've got as a guest Kevin Vost. Kevin is with us from Springfield, Illinois, and Kevin is an author. He's written two books, Memorize the Reasons and Memorize the Faith. Kevin, welcome to More Christianity. Good to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Father. Kevin, a little bit about your background. Are you a cradle Catholic or are you a convert Catholic? Oh, uh, well, I consider myself a revert. Basically, I was raised in the faith and went to Catholic grade schools and high schools. In my late teens, I came across a writing of uh, some major modern atheists, though, and spent about 25 years outside of the Church considering myself an atheist. Uh-huh. It was in my late 40s that a series of events led me to read St. Thomas Aquinas for the first time, and, and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit and the words of St. Thomas Aquinas, I found myself back in the Church, reunited to Christ after 25 years away. I was 43 years old at that time. Wonderful. Now let me ask you a challenging question, Kevin. Your journey from being an atheist, a Catholic, then an atheist, and then to return to the Church, what is it do you think about the Catholic Church in your childhood and early adulthood? What is it that was lacking? I mean, why do you think that you eventually turned to atheism? There must have been something wrong with your Catholicism. What do you think it was? Okay, yeah, and that that is a question that really hits the nail on the head. I cherish my Catholic upbringing. Really, really uh, got a lot out of it when my wife and I had children. Even when I was away from the church, we sent them to Catholic schools. I valued the sense we'd obtained of morals, of doing right, of valuing the intellect. But I guess there was, though, there was a real weakness in my catechesis, because when I was exposed in my teens to arguments against God, I didn't really know the answer. I'd read people who were claiming that the idea of God was self-contradictory. Mm-hmm. For example, that God could not be all-powerful and all-knowing. When I read these arguments, I didn't know how to answer them. I wasn't prepared for that. And again, as I said then, it was another 25 years before I came across St. Thomas Aquinas and realized that all these problems presented by the atheists had been resolved, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. <laughs> you know, through my own training, I had no, no clue that those answers were already sitting there waiting for me. In other words, the Catholic Church has been around for 2,000 years. We already had some of those questions come up once or twice before. <laughs> you, you know, Kevin, this is a, a major problem, and that is the problem of catechesis. Now, sometimes when we hear about Catholics who leave the faith, they leave the faith because there were some real problems in the church, and the one that you've identified is you must have been a smart young person, and, and nobody really engaged your intellect at that level and helped you to answer these questions, which are real questions. Uh, is that the problem? Yeah, it was. You know, of course, every person has their own story, but mine was this lack of catechetical information. It was an, it was an intellectual issue. Because, you know, I, I love the Church, and even those years I was away, I wished that I could believe in God. But mm-hmm. I did not believe that, in all honesty, I could, because I didn't know that rich background, uh, of the rational background of the Church. I used to tell people that I could never speak out against the Church, like some of the new atheists do, so because I knew it had so much good in it. I thought they were only wrong about one little thing, which was the existence of God. It was me who was a little off on that. Let me push you a little bit further, Kevin. 
we don't want to give the impression that you're blaming the church for your own turning away from the church. Was there an element also in which, okay, the church's catechesis was was unsatisfactory? Was there also an element in which perhaps you were not willing to search for the answer enough? Yeah, yes, I think so. Kind of a complicated story, but at that time in my life, I was also absorbed in the fields of weightlifting and bodybuilding. And there was a very influential bodybuilder at that time who was, he was, I thought was going to be the heir apparent to Arnold Schwarzenegger. It didn't quite work out that way. But he was a very intelligent man, and I learned a lot from him about training the body and taking care of the health, which were a lot of valid lessons from him. Mm-hmm. Yet he was one that also, he wrote about Friedrich Nietzsche, Ayn Rand. I later started reading Albert Ellis, one of the major psychologists who was an atheist. So when my faith was challenged, it's like I had you know, no idea the answer was really there in the church. You know, I'm not going to blame the church, because I, I was raised by Dominicans, those who came from, you know, the order that St. Thomas was, you know, such a shining star in St. Albert the Great. But yeah, but when I further sought answers, and I didn't seek them in the right directions, I, I read more and more of the atheists and became convinced that they had all the answers. So your catechist did not engage your young intellect and your, your eagerness to know the answers, but there was a part of you also which was going down a different path and searching for answers along a different way. That's right. And I thought at the time, you know, I thought I was seeking the truth. I still wanted to live a moral life. I just wanted, you know, to, to be honest in my beliefs. You know, so it's just such a, a great and unexpected joy for me when 25 years later, you know, I realized I could embrace that full truth that was there all the time. I was, I was baptized into it. So it's just, you know, wonderful how God led me there. And I discovered later that, that Pope Leo XIII had once written that the people at that time, the late 1800s, early 1900s, who considered reason, you know, their, their only God, their only guide, he said what's likely to bring those people back to the faith, besides the action of the Holy Spirit, is the writings of the Church Fathers, and particularly St. Thomas Aquinas. Mm-hmm. And that is what happened to me. You know, he resolved all those issues for me. Well, that's wonderful to hear, and it's good to remind our listeners, too, that in this whole drama of uh, individuals leaving the Church, returning to the Church, and going on this great adventure of inquiry and finding out the truth, that sometimes it is fair to say, well, the Church let me down. The, uh, the, the catechist didn't teach me well enough, or there was a scandal or something like that. But the other side of the coin is always that we have our own free will, we have our own volition, our own involvement. And I find what you just said is almost always the case. When a person leaves the Church, there may be a problem with the church or with the clergy or with something like that. Without a doubt, there sometimes is. But then there's almost always a personal story where the person will say, like you, that's right, Father, you know, I also was involved in the decision, and I didn't pursue the faith or, or keep the faith as, as strictly, and I didn't inquire as, as thoroughly as I might have done. So, Kevin, you discovered the great writers, Thomas Aquinas and, and Albert the Great, from this Dominican tradition, and that's, as I guess, is the roots of your first book, which was Memorize the Faith. Can you tell us a little bit about that book? Uh, yes, absolutely. be delighted to. And here's another interesting thing about the way God works, because when I spent those 25 years away from the Church, I went through my degree in painting a doctorate degree in psychology, and my main area of focus was on memory and memory development. In my master's degree, I studied these techniques to help adolescents learn things and improve their memory. And then in my doctoral work, I was at an Alzheimer's center where we, you know, examined people with Alzheimer's disease who were losing their memory. We also tested research subjects who were aging just to look at the effects of aging on memory. And we also worked with some people with brain injuries to try to improve their memories. Now, during my work outside of the church, 
I became aware that St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Albert the Great were pivotal figures in the history of these memory improvement techniques. They originally went back to the ancient Greeks and Romans, but St. Albert and Thomas made a huge impact here. They kind of took the writings of Aristotle on what memory is, synthesized them with the writings of Cicero on how to improve memory, and they also moved these memory techniques from the realm of public speaking, how to memorize the key points of the talk, to the realm of ethics, because they thought it was a part of the virtue of prudence. When we achieve goals in the future, we act in the present, guided by what we learned in the past. So I knew that Albert Thomas actually recommended that we train our memories. So when I came back into the church, I realized I'd never seen about these memory techniques written in an explicit Catholic context, like how to help us remember things of the faith. So that's where the book Memorize the Faith came from. I thought, gosh, maybe I can show us how to apply those Catholic methods to the basic uh, information from the faith, things like the Ten Commandments or learning the books of the Bible, the Rosary Mystery. So, so that was the first book, Memorize the Faith. You know, Kevin, I'm always amazed and delighted by the way God will use each individual's gifts and experience and enthusiasm and interest for the service of the Church. Whoever would have thought that you, as a professional psychologist and researcher, studying these really esoteric and difficult but practical areas of study, could then turn it around and say, well, actually, this can be used for the Church. That's exactly what you've done. So, Memorize the Faith is a useful book for catechists, for parents, for religion teachers. Who uses the book? All of those groups have used it popular also among homeschoolers, helping their kids with, learn this particular method, because when you go through the book, it teaches a method. Based on visual imagery, you, you go through the parts of just a house, a modern house. And when you learn these locations in their sequence, it helps you lock in information in its exact sequence. Like, for example, in the first chapter, we learned the Ten Commandments. And by the time you've read that and followed the exercises and seen the illustration. Most people will, will then know the Ten Commandments forward and backward by number. Mm-hmm. So they're very, very powerful. There's lots of applications. And then once you learn those locations, you can also use them for, for virtually anything else you're trying to remember. They become like a, a notebook in your head. Do children enjoy using the technique, or is it a chore? Well, you know, for simple techniques, memorizing something like Ten Commandments, I've had many say that it is fun. Mm-hmm. It's been rewarding. There have been times I've given talks to homeschoolers. I remember one time after I gave the demonstration for the Ten Commandments, a 10-year-old boy raised his hand and asked me if he could recite them for the audience backwards. So I always enjoy things like that when the, the children apply them. And one other 10-year-old boy, actually over a period of months, used the method to memorize and recite the names of all of our popes in order. I think also, as far as I understand it, that sort of age between 8 and 12, and you might be able to correct me, but I, I think that's one of the ages, isn't it, when our memory is most acute and most alert and it's the easiest for us to memorize things? That's right. The children around that age, they're starting to get the cognitive abilities to, to understand memory techniques and how to apply them. Their brains are very plastic. They're very open to new learning. So yes, children who start on a technique like this can really you know, achieve amazing feats of memory when they apply themselves, and especially if they find it enjoyable. Maybe that's why in our parish school I enjoy spending so much time with the third and fourth graders, because they're just at that stage where... As you say, their their mind is alert and keen and hungry, and they're always curious and wanting to acquire so much more knowledge, and they love memorizing. I can remember in my own school days at that age how enthusiastic I was about spelling bees, for instance, and <laughs> really being able to, to learn stuff and, and show people that I'd learned stuff. So, Kevin, we're going to talk after the break about your other book, Memorize the Reasons, and a little bit more about catechesis in the Church and some of the problems that we face as catechists. 
I want to remind our listeners that you're listening to More Christianity, the program where we explore the fullness of the Christian faith in the Catholic Church. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, your host. Every week we have a different guest. I invite you to go to my website, dwightlongenecker.com. You can be in touch with me there. You can browse my many books. You can buy the books there. You can also connect over to my blog. On my blog, you'll see what I write every day and the different subjects that we deal with. You can be in touch also to invite me to lead a parish mission or be a speaker at your event. Today, my guest is Kevin Vost, Dr. Kevin Vost, I should say, who is the author of two books about memorizing the faith. Kevin, tell us about your second book, Memorize the Reasons. Yeah, the second book in the memory field called Memorize the Reasons, Defending the Faith with the Catholic Art of Memory. And this book builds on the same method from the first book, using a series of locations, and then you develop these images that help you recall what you want to remember. Now, whereas the first book used this system where you memorize parts of a house, the second part uses a technique that was actually mentioned by St. Albert the Great, what he called placing a church. We have these images of a mental church that we build Mm -hmm. with a facade with 10 locations. There's a left nave or left intersection with 10 more locations. The altar area, we place another 10, and the right nave, another 10. So we build these memory cathedrals of 40 locations. And within each location, we place a key reason for a key belief. For example, in the first chapter, we focus on why do we think there's something so special about Peter, you know, our first pope, the primacy of Peter. So there, on the side of the church, we go through and place 10 images that help us remember, you know, where from the Bible, where from the church fathers do we get these reasons that we believe that Jesus did give Peter this special primacy to lead his church. Wonderful. And these reasons for belief are all tied in with different apologetics topics to be able to help you to be able to share the faith and to move the conversation along. Kevin, where is the best place for our listeners to obtain these books or have another look at them? You know, you can ask folks at your local Catholic bookstore if they have it. Otherwise, Amazon.com. Memorize the Reasons. The new one has its own website, MemorizeTheReasons.com. I also have a website, drvost.com, just D-R-V-O-S-T.com. Kevin, one of the other subjects we're talking about today is the subject of catechesis. I know that there seems to be two kinds of approaches to catechesis in the Catholic Church. Catechesis meaning teaching the faith to our young people. I'd be interested in your views and your opinions about this. Just to put it very briefly, it seems to me sometimes that in looking at the resources and materials and the different approaches to catechesis, that we have two extremes. One extreme seems to be content-based, and it seems to be the attitude is, oh, come on, you kids have to memorize all these facts about the faith. Here's the catechism. Learn this, learn that. And like you would say, memorize it, memorize it, get it all down. And once you've got that in, you're a good Catholic. And then the other extreme is what I sometimes refer to as hugs and kisses catechism, which it's all about, let's sit down and talk about the faith and talk about Jesus and what he means to us and how we can all gather together to be kind to one another and make the world a better place. Now, I'm being sarcastic, and I'm actually drawing these two extremes you know, more harshly than they actually exist. However, it does characterize two different extremes in catechesis. Have, have you found this as well? Yes, absolutely, Father. And I think it's that second type that probably really was more characteristic of my own catechesis as I grew up and went to school in the 1960s and the 1970s. There was a huge emphasis on feeling, not a huge emphasis on details and facts and specifics. But yeah, and both can have their extremes. It actually reminds me of an ancient distinction regarding these memory techniques. 
the ancients would talk about what they called memory for words versus memory for things. And memory for words would be like, you know, learning how to verbatim repeat scripture passages or any passages back. And these kind of techniques primarily were not for that purpose, not for verbatim, you know, regurgitating things or parroting things back. It was remembering things like things or key concepts or key ideas. So, for example, uh, with the ancients, it would be key points in a speech. They're going to remember, I'm going to talk about this first and that first and the next thing. But just the key ideas to leave them free to speak. Now, these techniques are more focused on memory for things, for key ideas. So the idea is you are learning a specific content, but you're not stopping just with the fact that you remember that particular commandment or the name of the Bible. You're also then using that to allow you to, to go more deeper, to think more deeply. Like I say, it's hard to think deeply about things you can't remember. Mm-hmm. So the kind of things remember with these techniques should then allow us as a springboard to be free, you know, we're out on our own, we don't have any books, we don't have anything to do, we can call these things our memory and, and ponder them more deeply. So these methods coming from people like Albert and Thomas, who were great synthesizers, you know, so the methods have many of the strengths of learning those specific facts, but they also, you know, try to lead to a deeper understanding, uh, also tapping into the feelings about our faith. So ideally, it could be a method that can pull out some of the strengths of both of those approaches. Okay, Kevin, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here a little bit and push you and say, what do you say then to a well-meaning catechist who really wants the children to encounter Christ and have a a subjective religious experience, and who might say to a person like yourself, who's enthusiastic about memorizing reasons for the faith and memorizing tenets of the faith, and say to you, you know, Kevin, all of this memorization, all of these facts, all of these bullet points that you've got for everybody— That really doesn't matter if the kids don't ever really meet the Lord and and have a real relationship with Him. So what's your comeback? How are you going to answer that person? One thing I'd say, if you're really going to have a deep relationship with someone and love them and try to be influenced by them to do what they want, you're going to pay attention to their words. You're not going to ignore them. And when God takes the trouble to reveal His words to us, to the other writers of the Scriptures, then it is worth our while to show them that respect, to show them that love by taking to heart these important lessons that they've given to us. So that would be one angle I would use there with, with those folks. And what if we come back to your approach, which is about memorization and about getting the facts, and another person says, you know, Kevin, catechesis is about drawing us all together. And a lot of people don't really relate with all of this doctrine that you're teaching, all of these facts, all of these Bible verses, all of these bullet points. That doesn't really connect for them. In fact, they feel that it divides them from their, their non-Catholic family and friends. It divides them from some of the other Catholics. You should let that stuff go because it's divisive. Do you have an answer for those criticisms? Okay, and that's an excellent question, too. And, and I will say that Memorize the Faith, though it is dealing with the fundamentals of the Catholic faith, it has had an appeal amongst non-Catholics. If you would go to Amazon.com, I get reviews from ministers of other faiths, and they typically say, you know, if you can ignore the Catholic stuff, these are valuable lessons here. So I think there's so much that we do share that learning these basic memory methods are going to enhance what we do share in common. I would hope that we're all seeking the truth, and we know that Christ himself is truth. So I would think that he would not object to us trying to find the actual truth behind whatever issue there is within the realm of theology or apologetics. And if we care for each other and love Christ and love the truth, then we should have enough respect for each other to hear from each other. These are the reasons for why I believe what I believe. What are your reasons? 
So your answer is, it's only with a clear statement of the truth and a clear understanding of the truth that we can begin to have conversations with those people with whom we, we might disagree. Yes, as you have stated much more clearly than I have. Isn't that the basis then of your second book, which is Memorize the Reasons? To be able for Catholics to know the reasons for believing in God, the reasons for our faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the Church, that we'll be able to, as St. Paul says, give an answer at all times for those who have questions. You're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker, and my guest today is Dr. Kevin Vost, the author of Memorize the Faith and Memorize the Reasons. MemorizeTheReasons.com is where you can go to learn more about this excellent and informative book. Kevin, I would have thought that once people learn about these different memory techniques, they can use them for lots of other things as well. Is that correct? Absolutely. In fact, the subtitle of the first book, it's Memorize the Faith and Most Anything Else using the methods of the great Catholic medieval memory masters. And and I've had a lot of testimonials from different people who've used it for different things, for studying for their bar exam in law, for helping them learn foreign language, Latin. I've had a Spanish teacher in correspondence with me. I have one man who's learning Chinese with the assistance of these methods. So yeah, virtually any information that can be presented in words or in visual images are amenable to these kind of techniques. Okay, Kevin, I don't want to learn Chinese. All I want to do is try to remember the names of my parishioners. So we don't have much time left. I want you to give me a quick crash course in the Dr. Kevin Vost memory technique. How am I going to memorize and learn the names of all my parishioners? Okay, okay, that's a good one. I'll try to make this fast. There are specific techniques that you use to memorize the people's names. Once you know what their name is, you're going to do something about that person's name that reminds you of them. If If I'm meeting you for the first time, you know, Father Dwight Longenegger, I would think I happen to know a person named Dwight. I'll think of Dwight Eisenhower. For your last name, with all due respect, I might imagine that he has a long neck. So when I see you, I'm thinking, okay, you remind me of Dwight Eisenhower, but on a long neck, Dwight Longenegger, Father Dwight Longenegger. You know, so we're going to use that for every person. Now, if you're sitting there from your perspective as the priest, you know, I know people have a tendency to sit in the same locations each time in Mass. That's another thing. These methods can build on where the person sits so you could rehearse and kind of place, and when people come for the Mass, you'll kind of know, okay, here's the 8 o'clock crowd, and you start learning them, and before, you know, after a few weeks, you could possibly pretty much have the names of the congregation down once you have met them and carefully listened to their name and tried to form one of these images. So what memory technique can I use for Kevin Vost? I've been trying really hard here, and I can't think of a mental image. Yeah, sometimes they're not going to be perfect. Like for Kevin, you know, ideally, if you knew another person named Kevin, you could picture that person like with me. For a name like Vost... Sometimes we have to use something far-fetched. Say, oh, gosh, I don't know, what's a ghost? Say, okay, what rhymes with ghost? Okay, a ghost, but let's say I'm picturing a ghost, but he has a huge V on the front of his body, a V. So it's, oh, wait, it's not ghost, it's ghost. <laughs> you know, so sometimes we have to use these little far-fetched games. But sometimes, even though they're not perfect, the mental effort it takes to create them helps you actually remember it better. And so when I meet a new person, I shake their hand, I look them in the eye, and the person says... My name is Benedict Hambone. And so I say, okay, I can work on that. I cut St. Benedict here with his long black robes, and I can see a great big ham uh, with a bone sticking out. And so therefore, I, I've got that guy's name forever. That is exactly it. I love it. And in that case, when you first meet that person, it is also very good to repeat that person's name a time or two. Because repetition is the mother of memory, St. Thomas used to say. So yeah, if you can, repeat that person's name a time or two. Make sure you've got it locked in. And if you've had that image when they walk away, if you can rehearse it more, that should do it. 
You're listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. I invite you to go to my blog, dwightlongenecker.com. Pay a visit there, browse my books, be in touch. We'd like to hear from you. My guest today has been Dr. Kevin Vost. He's a psychologist and the author of two books on using memory techniques for increasing our understanding and our knowledge of our faith. Kevin, have you got another book in the process? Are you going to teach us to memorize Scripture? You know, I did propose a book called Memorize the Gospels, and I give a taste of that in a book I wrote on St. Albert the Great, a biography. When I talked about him as a memory master, I went in a little bit on using it for the Gospels. The next book out will come in March. It will be called The One Minute Aquinas. It is about a 250-page summary of the Summa Theologica. And The One Minute Aquinas, does this mean this is a book of daily readings that we'll be able to get little snippets from the angelic doctor? It is done in snippets. The idea is that each topic will be covered in one page, two pages at the most. You can go kind of a a minute or two at a time as you soak it in, in modern language and moderate examples. Come on, Kevin, he wrote a whole shelf full of very dense theology, and you're going to boil it down into one-minute gobbets? Or is that actually consistent with his method? Well, it's also a lure into his own writings, but each page will usually figure a few sentences quote from St. Thomas himself, and then I try to explain it in modern language. Also, includes some charts and diagrams and graphs to help us kind of lock it in. But then the goal, through the references, is also then to dig into that Summa itself, hopefully with a little bit more understanding since it's been presented in modern language and simple terms. We only have a few minutes left. Kevin Vost is my guest today. He's the author of Memorize the Reasons and Memorize the Faith. Kevin, in the few minutes we have left, what advice would you give, let's say, to teachers or homeschooling parents about how to use your books for their kids? Okay, sure. I would say one thing is that the books are illustrated, and the person new to the method or the younger the person is, the more external aids are going to help. So you want to actually use those illustrations, have them look at them, but as you become more proficient or as a child becomes older, the processes follow what they call an inward path. It can become more mental. But I would say just at first, let them look at the pictures, repeat it, let a person rehearse it. I usually do literally backwards and forwards once we learn something in its right order. We repeat it, practicing going backwards. We're going to kind of encourage a thorough mastery, but then it's also kind of fun. So if someone says, you know, what's the uh, 30th book in the Old Testament according to the Dewey Rings version, you can say Jeremiah, because Jeremiah was a bullfrog, and I picture him sitting on the pool table, which is the 30th location of the house. Makes these things kind of fun, hopefully. Thank you so much, Kevin, for all you've contributed here this afternoon. I'd like to remind our listeners about some of the other books available for learning the Catholic faith and sharing the Catholic faith, which they can find from my website. More Christianity is a book I've written to explain the Catholic faith in friendly terms to evangelicals and those who follow Jesus Christ but have not yet joined themselves to the fullness of the Catholic faith. More Christianity says to evangelical Christians, not so much you're wrong and we're right, but what you have is good, but there's more to it than that. And so this book tries to make the Catholic faith simple and approachable for non-Catholic Christians. Thank you for being my guest today, Kevin. We've learned an awful lot about memory techniques and using them for going more deeply into our faith. You've been listening to More Christianity. I'm Father Dwight Longenecker. Thank you for listening and join us again next week.